0: Welcome to Embedded Insiders. I am Laura Dolan, Technology Editor with Embedded Computing Design. I'm here with Brandon Lewis, Editor-in-Chief of Embedded Computing Design, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media, and Alex Paltz, who is our Power Editor. Today, we're going to be discussing new architectures for both memory compute and power electronics in the face of the limitations of physics. Brandon, you want to kick this off?
1: Uh, Well, that sounds really fancy, I guess. (laughs) I guess yeah. We're we're obviously coming to a place where shrinking silicon geometries are running into uh, the problems of physics. Um, so now they're. in in tandem with that there are also all these new types of workloads you know people doing IoT stuff uh, want lower and lower power Um, people doing artificial intelligence need to be able to do workloads that access memory really quickly and frequently so those are a couple of pain points that are happening And, and actually people that are What we would consider traditionally below um, our coverage area in the uh, semiconductor manufacturing space are coming out with solutions that really help push some of those architectures forward.
2: Well, you do need better core technologies in order to push the envelope on the devices that are made from them. I mean, speaking from the power side, you wouldn't have these newer transistors if it weren't for the development of, you know, single crystal silicon carbide and epitaxial gallium nitride or not out to uh, Chris Drees and the people over at uh, United Silicon Carbide, epitaxial silicon carbide. But you know what I mean. In other words, without those material advances, we wouldn't have had the device advances.
1: Yeah. So Alex, we're um, before we get into some of the uh, more uh, you know compute and memory intensive types of solutions that are coming out. What are you seeing um, happening over in the power space? I know earlier you mentioned something about uh, memristors before we actually started the call. What uh, what can you tell us is happening there?
2: Well, the thing right now with memristors, since we are talking, in, it, it's a passive technology. It's not so much that it's a power, but I know a lot of people associate analog and uh, passive devices uh, with power. But the beautiful part about uh, memristor is because of its programmable nature as far as charge. You could actually have discernible layers of charge, which would then represent discernible separate pieces of information, and put more information in the same memory well, as it were, as opposed to just having uh, one piece of information per physical memory location on the chip.
1: So does that require a different look at materials that we're going to be using?
2: Not really. It's more a case of the topology of the circuit, because the circuit itself is going to be made up of whatever semiconductor is most cost effective, you know, be it, I mean, germanium, if need be, but it's more a case of what. How will those structures be arranged on the chip itself? Will will they be making up memory cells that are MRAM? Will they be making up memory cells based on Memristor? Will they be making whatever the uh, topology for the memory storage itself is? It's going to really get uh, interesting, in fact. As uh, you pointed out, with this new technology, it will enable a lot more of these more exotic technologies to come to market in volume.
1: Yeah, on the memory side, what's happening is um, companies like Applied Materials are developing more and more advanced solutions for semiconductor manufacturing. And for example, uh, they just released uh, this endurance line of manufacturing platforms that in- integrates uh, metrology on board. So, you know, the way that these systems are designed or there are they're a bunch of vacuum chambers, and then they layer Thousands and thousands of layers of materials on top of one another, and the more precise this manufacturing can be, the more robust chip, uh, the chip you, you end up with, but they're also looking at newer age types of memory solutions like MRAM, RERAM, PCRAM, and these integrate actual compute or have the potential to integrate actual compute right inside the memory itself, uh, which can help as we get to this point with Moore's Law where there's you know a need to have more and bigger memory on smaller and smaller devices that are more and more uh, power-constrained.
0: I want to touch on something about MRAM, the Magnetic Random Access Memory. You were talking about the, the different layers of material in total, and one thing I find fascinating is that they said some of these layers can be 500,000 times thinner than a human hair, mm-hmm. and that allows the MRAM devices to retain the data even when the power is lost or removed. Mm-hmm. Is that like an example of the limitations of physics? Because to me, that seems like a huge advancement. Have something so functional and something so tiny. Yeah, I mean when like
1: like I said, you know, this is something that typically below what we at Embedded Computing Design cover, but because it's in the manufacturing space of the actual silicon that we're using. Right. But the more precision you have in those tiny, tiny layers of materials results in a more robust chip that's able to deliver more capabilities, whatever that happens to be. In the case of MRAM, like you you mentioned, being able to retain actual data even if power is removed. Yeah. And also, you see things that happen in the manufacturing of a chip where if it isn't precise enough, that can eventually lead to stuff like bit errors. So, Mm -hmm. you know, perhaps uh, you're saving something, you know, the way that saving memory, saving something to memory works is it's basically just like a zero or one. If you have, in precise manufacturing, um, over time, obviously, those memory cells can become compromised and maybe your zero becomes a one or a one becomes a zero, um, and that's how you end up with corrupt data. So the more precision you can do in the manufacturing of these chips, the better uh, durability you're going to have. That's fascinating.
3: I was so close me- to not saying on anything on this whole podcast, but I have to jump in here. If I'm an embedded developer, what do I care I mean, is, is, is it that big a deal?
1: Well, if you're an embedded developer, and I'll expand this out to an embedded an IoT developer, uh, yeah, of course you care. If, like Laura just mentioned, what happens if your IoT device loses power? This is probably a very, you know, the, the chances of this happening are really high. Like, say that you're a battery-powered device, or maybe you're... Yeah, but even-
3: we have flash memory that does that already. It retains the information in the memory when you pull the power.
1: Correct. So so this obviously gives you a little bit more of a, of a backup. Um, we do have devices that just save, obviously save data. That's what the storage is. But with the ability now to also integrate compute into some of these memory architectures, what you're doing is – let's move away from – the absence of power to reducing power. If you're able to do computations in memory, you're saving yourself clock cycles, you're reducing the actual size of the memory chips or of the actual uh, integrated circuits that you potentially need to do some computing. And especially in like an IoT device, a lot of these IoT devices, you know, they're just little sensor nodes that are just. Pulling in some time series data from an ambient environment, there's not really a need for you know a 32-bit microcontroller, or a 16-bit microcontroller. In, in some cases, you know, a lot of people are still using 8-bit microcontrollers. If you could, if you're just looking at, hey, lights on, lights on, lights on, lights on. If you can pull some logic into the actual memory device itself, that's very precise, like Applied is creating with these uh, Endura platforms. Why do you? really need much compute at all you can lower the cost you can lower the power and so on
3: the only way i see that going is 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 if you if if you remove the processor completely remember if somebody's designing a system around eight bit they're probably paying 40 cents for that processor you know so that's not an application that i i think can absorb any extra cost but if you can remove it completely then maybe i'll buy your argument
2: well, yeah, if you put I think the processor in the sensor itself, if I was, apologize for jumping in like that, but if you put sure. the processor in the sensor itself with the logic necessary to switch the switch on and off, then you can eliminate the microcontroller.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I, you know, you're going to need some amount of memory, right? No matter what, just, just for the system yeah, to, to boot itself up. If you can... So, what we're talking about here is, is future architectures and how these are going to be able to serve a lot of the use cases that have traditionally relied on. Every year or two, we're paying half as much for the same processor, or, in, you know, the other way of looking at it is we're getting twice as much performance. That time is gone or is leaving very, very rapidly. So, what you are looking at then is, well, what if we can come up with unique architectures that allow us to put some of this compute in the same platform as a memory device. And then to your point, Rich, maybe you just get rid of the processor altogether. You know, maybe that $0.40 cents is gone. And, and, yeah, now these memory technologies are going to be more expensive, of course. But pretty soon, what if we enter a world where there is no, you know, you're not designing a system around um, a processor. You're designing this IoT system around a memory device. Or the I.O. right.
3: That's pretty cool. I think next step here is to, is to get somebody from Applied Materials to respond. Maybe they can comment on the podcast, because I'd like to see where this is going. Me too. If you're talking about processor-less systems just around memory, that's a paradigm shift. And uh, I always look for an opportunity when I, when I can say paradigm shift. Mm, there you one. go. Although foreseen, Rich, uh,
2: convergence almost demands this.
3: Yeah. Yes and no. I mean, these components are so small, and and I'll and I'll come back to how cheap it is. It has to be almost free, almost.
2: Oh, so in in the, I would say within our lifetimes we'll see electronic circuits made from engineered molecules.
3: How long do you plan on living, dude?
2: Uh, <laughs> well, quantum dots are step one. They're engineered molecules.
1: Remember when we talked about living inside of the computer?
2: <laughs> there you go. Now, think (laughs) about MEMS. Think about MEMS. Imagine having a microscopic robot that has the memory integrated into the logic, integrated into the motor control, integrated into the power circuitry. In fact, you need that level of integration to have a microscopic robot. Like in my novel, Cyber Child, quick shameless
1: plug. Shameless plug.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Next, we're making phone calls with our shoe, right? (laughs)
1: <laughs> We're already doing it with our watches, so why not? <laughs> I already I already do make phone calls with my shoe. Nobody ever answers, but...
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Okay.
2: but yeah, integrated technologies. It's going to really make interesting uh, application solutions. Okay.
0: Well, let's see what happens. See if we can get someone from... Uh from Applied Materials on the line with us and go into a little bit more detail. Until then, um, you can check out our podcast on our podcast network. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn plus Alexa. Of course, you can check us out on our website at www.embedded-computing.com. You can also find us on Facebook under Embedded Computing Design, LinkedIn under Embedded Computing Design, Twitter at Embedded underscore comp, that's C-O-M-P, and we're also on Instagram, so please follow us on Embedded Underscore Computing. Thank you all for tuning in.
2: Thanks, guys.